Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. I want to welcome you. This is uh, Brent Lenentine, the pastor of Gospel Baptist Church. We've been doing a series on Sunday mornings called uh, False Religions. There are five in all that was selected. As we got partway through this series, um, I realized that we really needed to switch the fifth message. Uh, and so we switched it to the New Age, just this New Age movement. Because right here in New Mexico, and it's obviously on the rise, uh, but the fifth one was going to be the Masons, the Freemasons, the, the Masonic Lodge. And so I'm going to drop this um, shorter uh, just audio version of just some information about the Masons, and it's my prayer that it will be a blessing for for uh, many of us now, just to help us to be more aware. And so in Matthew 24, in verse number 26, it says, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. And then in Mark 4, 22, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. And these verses speak about a secret, secret um, Messiah, the secret beliefs, uh, a secret society. We're the only ones that really have the truth. Uh, And the Bible says then that those secrets one day will be fully revealed and all of it will be known. But though we don't have perfect knowledge right now, we still can know the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we know that the Bible is God's final authority. Everything that we believe is the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Now we speak about secrets here because obviously one of the hallmarks, if you would, of the Masonic Lodge is its secrets. Uh, Just the whole uh, secret a society and the, the secret uh, things that they do. So let's jump into some of the history of it. Uh, it says that it's believed uh, that these beliefs then of the Masons got started in Egypt back many, many years ago. The Hollowell manuscript is also known as the Regis poem. It is the earliest of all the old charges. Okay, This really goes back to mysticism and Again, the worshiping of spirits and angels and that, and which all of that is a, a foundation of, of demonic uh, uh, worship and that. So it consists of, this, this Regis poem consists of 64 vellum pages of Middle, Middle English that was written in a rhythm couplets, uh, a rhyming couplets. Uh, in this, it differs from the prose of all later charges. The poem begins by describing how Euclid uh, of uh, Alexandria in the third century BC, he referred he was referred to as the founder of geometry, but really it was a counterfeit geometry, and he called it masonry. 
uh, for the employment of the children of the nobility in ancient Egypt. Uh, it then recounts the spread of the art of geometry into diverse lands. The document relates how that the craft of masonry was brought to England during the reign of King Athelstan in 424 to 439 AD. So they started them, they start these meetings that they have with a prayer of invocation, invoking God, uh, or a general declaration, followed by a description of the seven liberal arts, logic, uh, grammar, rhetoric, uh, arithmetic, geometry, uh, music, and astrology, extolling or exalting geometry above all others. This is found in the symbol symbolisms then of the Masonic Lodge with the, uh, uh, the compass that's opened up in a V-shape. So they start then with, uh, so Freemason, I'm sorry, uh, the teachings and the practices of this secret fraternity for men only uh, is uh, the order of Freemasons or accepted Masons, the largest worldwide secret society. It's spread by the advance of the British Empire. So Freemasonry remains most popular in the British Isles and in other countries originally within that empire. Uh, it estimates of the worldwide membership of Freemasonry uh, in, the earliest, in the early 21st century to range from 2 million to more than 6 million. Freemasonry then uh, invol evolved from the guilds of stonemasons and cathedral builders of the Middle Ages. And many of these cathedrals have really a lot of demonic imagery on it, and it comes again from that connection of the belief system of the Freemasons. With the decline of cathedral buildings, some lodges uh, of, of operating or working Masons began then to accept honorary members to bolster their declining membership. From a few of these lodges developed a modern symbolic and uh, speculative uh, Freemasonry, which particularly in the 17th and 18th century adopted then the rights of ancient religious orders uh, and brotherhoods. So in 1717, the first Grand Lodge uh, was built then and formed in England. So Freemasonry is not uh, among the most well-known cults in the world. This is partly due to their secrecy, and this is just a major part of Masons, is that you pledge to the secrecy. On the surface, it appears that the Masons are merely a group of men who seek to become better people through charity and civil service. One of their big charities, of course, is the Shriners Children's Hospital. Uh, after all, then, their organization tout, touts itself uh, is one that makes good men better. They really try to promote it to businessmen as a place uh, for them to do a charitable work and also for them to network with other uh, important uh, leaders of the community. It seems then to be Christian in the sense that they will most often have a Bible on a table in the very center of their meeting room. It's, it's visible from every different position within that room. They say that it's fashioned after the order and the reign of King Solomon, although um, they don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us the specifics about 
um, the hierarchies of Solomon's reign uh, and also about any of the different practices that Solomon used. And so, um, unbeknownst to most Freemasons, unbeknownst to most people, uh, Freemasons fill the pews of a large majority of evangelical churches around the world. They serve as pastors, if you can believe this, deacons, elders, and laity. Um, I would like to, we'd like to examine then some of the different uh, specific beliefs they have and then compare some of these, if we would, to Scripture. Now, this is written, if you would, and it came out from uh, the Masonic education that was published then uh, by the Grand Lodge of North Carolina. It states this, Freemasonry is neither a religion, a political organization, or a social club. It uh, interferes with none of these. It has for its foundation the basic principles of the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. It teaches a belief in a supreme being, in the immorality of the immortality of the soul, and that the holy book is the inestimable gift of God to man as the rule and the guide of his faith and practice. Now again, they talk about this holy book, and there's a Bible that is set in the midst. But again, they go by completely their own order and all of their own teachings. They, of course, do not practice the Bible. Now, the thought of this is the implication of what they say here uh, of their Masonic education and this which they printed, uh, it tries then to distinguish itself from a religion yet it believes and it operates the way that a religion does by requiring that its members believe in a supreme being. The members must implicitly deny the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. They must deny that Jesus is very God. We understand that this is identification in the Bible of Antichrist. We've been talking about this with each of the cults. So they must deny that Jesus is very God in the flesh and they must deny that Jesus is the only way of salvation. But this supreme being um, could be a Christian God, could be a Hindu God, a Jewish God, a Muslim God, Allah, whatever. Uh, any number of all different false gods could be this supreme being that you believe in. Now, as you go into this, they have completely their own hierarchy. And so they have the list of degrees of Masons. And you may have heard of this before. And so just to give you a little bit about this, because there are 33 different degrees of Masons. And so what happens is, as you enter in a level they call the Blue Lodge, you have the entered apprentice. And this is degree one. And this is where you enter into. And then the fellow craft is uh, degree two. The third degree mason is a master mason. At this point, there's a split. So you have the Scottish Rite, which actually goes all the way up to the 33rd degree of masons. And then you have the York Rite, and it comes down through uh, some other order of masons there. Just to follow down a little bit on the Scottish Rite, which goes up to the 33rd degree. You have the secret master, the perfect master, as it goes on down through this, that's four and five. And then you come down to 15, and this is a next level. Uh, and it says the knight of the east 
or of the sword, the prince of Jerusalem. And then you come down to the next grouping of these uh, and you have the, uh, the, third, the 19th degree. You have the grand pontiff, the master of the symbolic lodge. And it goes down through. Then you'll come down to number 28, for example, is the night of the sun. And then you come into the highest levels, 31, 32, and then 33. And so the 32 is the master of the royal secret. And so these are different degrees. Now, with these different degrees, there are oaths that you take. And we'll look at that. We'll jump into that in just a moment. But amongst all these different titles of the different degrees, there's something that's important for us to understand as Christians and as born-again believers. It uses titles that really are blasphemous because these are titles that belong only to God, okay? So it starts out uh, more soft, if you would, but it talks about wise master, secret master, you have royal master, you have the venerable master, then you have the perfect master, the excellent master, the super excellent master, the most excellent master. Listen to this one, the worshipful master, the most worshipful master, the most eminent, eminent grand master, the most worshipful, sovereign grand master. Now, we've said this in the different false religions, but men love their titles. They love all this hierarchies and they love their titles. And also in masonry, it's so funny because not only are they men who love their titles, but they're grown men who love to play dress up. So they have all the different um, uh, capes and costumes and, uh, and, and things that they wear as a part that identifies you with the different degrees of of uh, masonry within the Masonic Lodge. But again, for us to understand that this is not a light thing for a born-again believer to take on these titles that belong only to God and then in turn to refer to other men by these titles also that belong only to God. Now, within each of the different degrees uh, of the Masonic Lodge, uh, you have different oaths that you take. And I'm not going to go through to read all of those, but again, it's so very important. Now, it comes from this, but listen if you would to Jeremiah 7 and verse number 9. Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, walk after other gods whom ye know not? And um, then in James chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Now, we talked again here first about, again, committing adultery. Thou shalt have no other God before me. In James, it tells us about ye adulterers and adulteresses, uh, where we are pledging, if you would, a devotion to anyone else but the true and living God of heaven and Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It says there about burning incense to Baal. And again, this is uh, uh, idol worship, devil worship, which is also, of course, connected here within the Masonic Lodge. 
So there's an obligation that you take with each of the different degrees of Freemason. So the very first level, and again, this is as soft as it starts out, and it goes crazy as you go up through each of the different degrees and levels uh, of Freemason. And so you have the entry, the apprentice level degree, the first degree of Masonry. And here is the pledge. Here's the oath that you make. It says, binding myself under no less a penalty than, this is the minimum penalty, than that of having my throat cut across, my tongue torn out by its roots, and buried in, a, in the rough sand of the sea at low water mark, where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours, should I ever knowingly or willingly violate this my solemn oath and obligation as a entered apprentice mason. So help me God, interestingly again, who is that God, whoever your God is, and keep me steadfast in the due performance of the same. So right from the very first entry level, and I just cannot even figure out for the life of me why someone would not bail out before they would even come into this very first level. But again, there's a demonic, a very much a demonic aspect of all of this. There are some people that are uh, entering into more and more of a level of, of the demonic and, and they're good with that. There are others that I know that seemingly are more um, um, reverent, somewhat reverent towards God. And they take these oaths and they're told in many instances that these oaths are just a part of being a Freemason and it's not a big deal. But there's no way that you could pledge this type of an oath and then pretend like it's not a big deal. That the minimum penalty is to have my throat cut, my tongue cut out, and then buried in the sand of the sea at low tide if I would knowingly or willingly violate my obligation towards uh, the Freemasons. And so we are pledging allegiance with all of what mortal man would have to offer. And that is even of our very life itself. And we're pledging that kind of uh, devotion to Freemasonry. Crazy. So then the obligation then of a second degree Masons, which is a fellow craft degree, binding myself under no less a penalty than that of having my left breast torn open, my heart plucked out, and given as a prey to the wild beasts of the field and the fowls of the air as a prey. Now, to me, this doesn't seem very harmless, right? Uh, well, these are just words, and, and there's, there's really nothing to it. It's just how you do it amongst Freemasons. But again, to have your chest torn open, your heart pulled out. Tell, tell me now, this is not demonic, absolutely demonic. And so then the obligation of the third degree Freemason, Master Mason degree. So you go through these three degrees and then it splits out into the two orders. And here's what it says here. Binding myself under no less a penalty than that of having my body severed in two, my bowels taken from thence and burned to ashes, the ashes scattered to the four winds of heaven, 
so that no more trace or remembrance may be had of so vile and perjured a wretch as I, should I ever knowingly or willingly violate this my solemn obligation as a master mason. So help me God and keep me steadfast in the due performance of the same. Now again, when you make oaths and pledges of this, so many different problems with it. Obviously, we are pledging our allegiance to somebody higher than the true God of heaven. We are also then pledging and making an oath beyond any of our physical ability uh, to be able to keep or to hold. This is just absolutely demonic in every different way that you could imagine that it is. Uh, but um, again, part of your obligation that you cannot break amongst Masons is the secrecy of the order of Masons itself, uh, of what it is that they do, of the types of worship that they do. Now, it is, um, as you get into this, they pledge allegiance to Lucifer. So it is, and it falls into the category of a Luciferian um, religion. Uh, Lucifer, of course, was one of the three high angels. And so you have Gabriel, the messenger angel, Michael, the archangel, which was over the armies of heaven, the host of heaven. And then you have Lucifer, who was over all of the music of heaven. And he was the uh, chief uh, one who led the praise to God. But we know in Isaiah 14 that Lucifer fell in sin. And he said, that um, I will place my throne in the sides of the north in heaven. I will be like the most high. And so Lucifer then fell because of this. He was lifted up in pride. Now, all occult, uh, they still hold Lucifer by his name of beauty and glory. They still call him Lucifer. However, we would know from the Bible that he's the devil, that he's Satan, that he's the dragon, but he is not Lucifer because he is no longer in beauty, uh, strength, and glory, but he has fallen and cursed to be cast uh, into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And so we know this, and he knows his own end also. But he wanted praise. All along, he wanted praise. And so as you come up through the degrees and the levels of, of Freemason, you pledge an allegiance then to Lucifer. Now, again, these things are so very dangerous. So as we wind down here, I want to say very clearly that no Christian, no Christian can bind himself by an oath to this demonic um, organization, to the Freemasons. God says to us very clearly that when we're saved, that we have the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within us. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20, it says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Jesus bore our sins on the cross of Calvary, died, he rose again. He purchased us. He is the only one that we pledge allegiance to. So it says that you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Not to make an oath and to promise that our tongue could be cut out, our heart ripped out. All of that is just demonic and devilish, just insane. So very simply then, three reasons why a Christian could never be a Freemason. You could say many more things than this. But the swearing of secret oaths, absolutely wrong absolutely 
uh, um, blasphemous uh, uh, for us to pledge an allegiance to any organization to or anyone else above the great God of heaven. Number two, then masonry is not Christian in its creeds or in its God. It is not Christian. It is not Christian. I've known some people who say that it is. Imagine again that there are actually deacons, there are actually pastors who are masons. Uh, became really big in the South, which within the Southern Baptist churches. Uh, they would have their Masonic ring. And here's pastors uh, preaching Jesus Christ who have pledged an allegiance to Freemasonry and all of the um, the oaths that we spoke about and so much worse than that. That's just the entry level. And then number three then, Masonry then espouses a universalism, the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man. There is no salvation. There is no true biblical beliefs within uh, masonry. And so we want to close in prayer. We want to thank you now for listening. And a little bit of this information will help you to know just again about the dangers of Freemasons and the Masonic Lodge. The Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless us and help us and teach us in this, we pray. Please, God, as we would look at some of these different false beliefs, cause it, I pray, to only love you, your, love your word, and be devoted to you all the more. Help us, bless us, and lead us now in this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.